Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And tonight we're discussing bad attitudes and more. You know, it seems like a bad attitude is just accepted in more places than a Discover card these days. Now, it may be in our workplace or it could be at a local convenience store. Attitudes are a dime a dozen. Why do we put up with it? On tonight's show, we'll discuss why attitudes lead to bad decisions and how some people hide behind theirs rather than bettering themselves. You know, do they think that a bad attitude equals a strong individual? Uh, Do people with bad attitudes get everything they want? Uh, Why do some of them not think before they speak? These things and more on tonight's T2Q. But before I get to all of that, let me explain to you how this show works, just in case there's some new listeners out there. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, Simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time, because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. 
Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 692 out of 750. we start right after a word from one of my supporters. Listen to The Crystal Show for celebrity gossip, amazing interviews, musical guests, and the most fun to be had on internet radio. Check out the past and new podcast at thecrystalshow.com. I go on and on. Can't understand how I last so long. I must have the superpowers. Last 223,000 hours. My thanks to The Crystal Show for being down by law of T2Q. Go to thecrystalshow.com to get caught up on everything going on there. 347 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. To the phone lines I go. To the 517 area code, outskirts of the Motor City of Detroit. To welcome on the awesome author, show host, show legend, Crystal Nixon. What's Chris? Thank you. How are you? I am outstanding. How are you been? Pretty good. All right. Cool beans. And we will go ahead and kick things off. 347-202-0215 is the number. All right, Crystal, we're talking about attitudes tonight. And, of course, we know, you know, some people have better attitudes than others. But I guess to let's, – let's start first with stereotypes. And I want to ask you, mm-hmm. just as a woman, because this is a question I was going to reserve for only women. Black women are always stereotyped as having bad attitudes from the neck wagon, mm-hmm. finger wagon, all that other stuff. We see it on TV, and we see people emulate them. Um, in your opinion, is that more media hype, or is there truth to the stereotype? I mean, what's your take on black women and attitudes? Well, um, there's truth to the stereotype. I mean, um, you know, a cliche becomes a cliche because there's, you know, truth in it. There's you know, there's a fire when there's smoke. So, I mean, um, of course, it's not for every single black woman, and there are leveling degrees of attitude or different flavors of attitude. What do you um, mean? Well, flavors, meaning, you know, some are ghettoized <laughs> attitudes where, you know, you're very loud, you're very boisterous, you're very, you know, the typical what you see on TV is usually the more ghettoized type of of attitude because it's more interesting to look at. Um, and then there, you know, is I guess the black woman flavor plus the typical female flavor of being just a bitch, you know, mm. and that comes from the idea that women in general who are who are strong and independent, 
Um, you know, you just replace W with B and over the years and centuries. So the woman is who is strong is just categorized as being a bitch. And so because they're not conforming to the timid kind of feminine role model that, you know, the 1950s perpetrated for women back then who weren't even that. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, is the stereotype coming from reality? I think it is a little bit from reality because that's how some women, um, most of the women today act, but they're being portrayed as, as a negativity as opposed to just being a strong, free-thinking, independent woman. Okay, and we'll get to the strong, free-thinking, independent part, but I want to back up a little bit. Is there a double standard Mm -hmm. with, um, I guess, with the racist when it comes to black women? Attitude is just this nasty, ugly cloud that seems to hang over black women. But white women do get referred to as being, I guess the quote you is being a bitch, uh, which doesn't have the same, I guess, it, it almost looks like it's something that's that's empowering in a, in a sense. So do you think that white mm-hmm. women are empowered for their attitudes where black women are not? To some extent, um, yes. I think that, you know, there are, there are white women, of course, who the term of independent or whatever you know, they get saying that they're a feminist, and which is, of course, a bad word um, for a lot of people and even women. Uh, so, yeah, but the the severe negativity is, of course, placed onto the black female mainly because of the different culture styles of speech mm-hmm. and attitude or environment and how we deal with the world um so therefore yeah so for you have the quote-unquote ghettoized woman who may be a little bit more flamboyant about it um and then you have the normal or regular i don't know bougie or whatever you want to call it um black woman it doesn't matter if she's black she's that it doesn't matter so, yeah, I mean, there is more negativity uh, and darkness, um, no pun intended, that is uh. given to the black woman because of her attitude. And I think a lot of it is, is perpetrated by black men, quite frankly. Um, I really do. I mean, I think that they have a severe um, hatred for a certain type of um, black women, and so therefore, and I think it's a mirror image, but that's another topic, that mm-hmm. um, that happens within the black community. Uh, so, and, and a lot of times what, what happens is that the, the black male, they use that as their reasoning for not being with a black woman is because of her attitude. Right. Right. Um, even though their they're white woman or other race woman may have the same exact attitude, but they they do it in a different way because of the culture differences. So, it's a, but it's the same thing. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Very well put. Very well put, Mal. 
So, on a scale of 1 to 10, I mean, with 10 being a horrible attitude, how would you rate yourself? (laughs) Uh. Well, um, I would rate myself as um, 1 to 10. I think I would be probably an 8. Maybe by guys, male standpoint, I'd probably be like a 12. But I think I'm more of an 8. Maybe even a seven, you know, in certain circumstances. So I don't think I'm that bad. <laughs> but again, okay? like I said, we're thought of as, as more. It doesn't matter. Like I was saying before, it doesn't matter. We're all put into one category as black females. Mm-hmm. So you could be the most, I don't know, civilized, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, black female, and it doesn't matter. You are still, if you have show any type of that, any remnants of that, then you're going to be put into one category. Whatever. That's fine with me. All right, so um, on Facebook, uh, let's see, Mike Ransom chimed in from Jackson. He rated himself a 7.7, which is oddly specific. Um, and he says that he's He rated okay himself? It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are we saying here, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> but um, he says he's okay with his attitude being bad. And so I, I'll ask you, uh, because I was going to ask this question for anyone who chose seven or higher, are you okay with your attitude being that close to a 10? And if so, why? Me personally, absolutely. You know, good, good. Because I think if you are, I guess, above whatever, you know, crest you just, you know, made it or, you know, right. borderline, well, you know, if you're over that, uh, then um, then you probably don't give a shit at this point. And because that's who you are and that's what you represent and it may even be your battle cry, you know. So, yeah, I'm fine with it, you know. I am. Okay, see, like, if I were to rate myself, I would Mm -hmm. kind of put myself, like, around a two or something. Um, Yeah, I think you're more like a three or a four. You're a little passive aggressive. So I'd probably put you up to a four. Okay. Well, well, thank you. I probably need that because I do think people need a balance. I don't think you should be too far one way or another. I think attitude is necessary at times. Uh, it's just when and where to use it and how it's used. So um, I, I do think that it, it is something that is important. But let me. Why do some people expect others to accept their bad attitude instead of trying to take a more pro- positive approach to things? Well, I personally believe that you should be whatever you are, whoever you are. Um, whether it's attitude or lifestyle or whatever, whatever you believe in, that's what you should be. And so I don't think it's a matter of trying to get people to accept you. It's just a matter of saying, this is who I am. Either you accept me or you don't. And I think there's a freedom in that, And no matter what that is. And if you are, look, I, you know, I, I always say that I'm a card-carrying feminist, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm pretty much, I have an attitude, there it is, you know, I'm not as bad as some, but uh, I'm definitely more than others, 
on a negative side, there it is, but that's who I am. Now, I know plenty of women, sisters or otherwise, who are very positive, very positive in their life, in their relationships or lack thereof or whatever, um, and I think that's wonderful. I support that because that's that's your reality. And so, um, so I don't think you should try to for anyone to accept you. I think you should be who you are. And when you do that, you can you can be totally free and to live your life. And people will accept you or not. That's all I you know, whether it's positive or not positive. No peer pressure here. That's for sure. Okay. All right, so back that you mentioned earlier, something you said, a bad attitude can equal a free-thinking individual uh, when, when, regarding women, you know, a strong individual or alpha female, so to speak. Uh, why do you think that is? Good. That's it. I'm sorry. Say that again. I'm sorry. I said um, you mentioned earlier that a, a bad attitude for, for women can equal a free thinker or a strong individual, alpha female, uh, why do you think mm-hmm. that is? Well, no, what I was saying was it's not so much that it makes you an alpha female. It's just that you are labeled a person who has an attitude because of your free thinking. In other words, you are going against the grain. Um, you are not bowing down to any sort of peer pressure. Um, and so... You are who you are, you know. And so, um, so well, you know, if you turn it around and say you were in a room full of feminists, you know, the typical lesbian man-hating feminist, and, you know, you come across a woman who is married and happy and, you know, loving life as far as being that and not agreeing with the room, and she says, no, I'm sorry, I I love my husband. I think he's a wonderful person. <laughs> and um, uh, I don't believe men are all monsters. And so that's a free-thinking woman in that room, you know. She's saying, this is who I am. And I'm sorry you don't agree with me or whatever. But I accept you for who you are. And that's really what I'm saying. But a lot of times, free. if you look back at history, the first um, example of a free-thinking woman was burned at the stake. Okay, she was labeled a witch, you know, because she believed in what she wanted to believe in, and she was um, independent or whatever, or strong, and she had all views. So, yeah, so you know, and so there are today, like I was saying before, you you take the W and you replace it with a B, and it's just the same thing. You're burned at the stake of your reputation or whatever, and so they label you that, even though that may not actually be who you are. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I guess that's why she's considered a martyr, so to speak. Uh, okay. Okay. Now, uh, I guess when it comes to, to, to attitudes, I think there's a difference between having an attitude and having a bad attitude. I think a person who has a bad attitude is undesirable. Is, okay, and a person who just has an attitude and knows when to use it are usually your alphas or your leaders in society. 
and because they're going to stand strong on what they believe in and speak their minds and things of that nature. So, again, I do think attitudes are necessary. However, sometimes you can put your foot in your mouth because your attitude can get the best of you and allow your emotions to kind of run wild. Uh, So how can one have that attitude or have that edge but not allow their emotions to take over and kind of dumb them down, so to speak? Well, you know, um, saying someone has a bad attitude is really subjective Um, because it's it's your audience. Your audience determines uh, their own opinion about you. And you may say one thing in front of some one person, and they may say, "Whoa, yeah, you go, girl. Yeah, that's strong. That's good. You know, whatever." And then you know, another audience may say, well, "You just have a bad attitude. You're just a bitter woman. You know, so whatever. You're undesirable." <laughs> so that really has to do with the audience you're talking to, and it's very personal. You know, um, so I, I really don't think. I mean, yeah, okay, you can say where. If you want to think about it in a business term, yes, there are things you should not say, and people know that in, in a corporate world or in a business world, and you're, you know, when you're trying to uh, project yourself in a positive way or not to offend too many people, yeah, you want to make sure that you, uh, you know, be strong, but you know when to pull back or not, or say whatever you need to say or not say, in order to get your point across to that particular audience. You're talking to um, but you can't you know people cannot um, you will offend somebody and you just you just know that and but that's okay as long as they understand where you're coming from so I you know I really think it's a, it's about the audience you're talking about when you talk about bad attitude versus you know positive attitude or just a strong person I, you know, because there's, it could be something about what you said in a strong way that that particular person or people may say, okay, you shouldn't have said that to us because that's horrible. Yeah. But if it's your truth, then then maybe that's something they need to deal with or something you need to deal with the fact that these people over here are not going to like you for what you just said or how you just responded or whatever. Okay. Okay. I'm liking your answers here. I actually think I'm learning something this evening. So I'm, I'm enjoying this so far. Three, four, seven, two, zero, two, zero, two, one, five is the number on the talk to Q radio show, or I should call it the, the Q and crystal show right now. or the only two, two on at the moment. <laughs> uh, crystal, do people with bad attitudes usually get, get what they want? Well, okay. Well, people with bad attitudes usually get what they want. Well, it depends. Yeah. If they own their bad attitudeness, um, then they are going to get what they want. Because if they what they want is to piss other people off or to cause the negative reaction, then yeah, they're going to get what they want. You know, <laughs> you know that's you know that's obvious. But if someone who is projecting an attitude who actually wants a positive response or an understanding or whatever, and they tend to always get a negative response, then no, they're not going to get what they want because they have a a wrong idea of how they're projecting themselves. 
So what's the intent here? You intend to piss people off, then you're going to get what you what you want. You can get what you wish for. But if your intent is not to piss them off, but to make them think, oh wow, look at her, she's strong, she's you know she knows what she wants, she doesn't care. But you're getting a, a negative attitude, and no, you're not going to get what you want. So you have to own whatever it is you're putting out there. I mean, truly own it. I mean, sure, there are people who have bad attitudes who are just secretly, they really want someone to love them or care about them or everyone to like them, but they're just on a revenge tip. So it's a negativity that only brings negativity, and then they're hurt by what they're getting back. So that's someone who doesn't really doesn't really own what they're saying or what they're projecting. So that's another topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds pretty deep right there. Uh, I, I, I agree with you on that. So let's talk about bad attitudes in the workplace. Uh, how do you deal with coworkers who may have a bad attitude, always complaining about the job or maybe because they're unhappy with the job, they don't do their work, thus putting more work on you. Um, is that something you've dealt with before? I remember so many everyone has if you worked long enough, but um, how do you put up with that? Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've dealt with that before. I'm kind of dealing with that right now, actually. <laughs> um, I really believe when it comes to the work, I don't believe, I don't, um, if you're if you are complaining, me personally, you don't get to complain if you're not actually doing the job. You know, if you stop your job to complain, then you have no sympathy for me whatsoever. It's only if you do the job do you get to complain about what you've just done. Not what someone's making you do, and so you take a whole time. So while you're complaining, somebody else is going to have to do the job. So they're going to have to take up the slack while you're off complaining all the damn time. And yeah, I think we all have those people in our you know workplace who complain, 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 but they're not really doing anything anyway. So you're like, what the hell are you complaining about? I just did what <laughs> I just did the job that you were supposed to be doing because you know we need to get through the day. So, so that's annoying to me. Uh, I don't believe in that. I don't like that. And I don't. I think you are kind of a a weakling or coward. You know. So how do you know that the job that you're doing is bad if you're not doing it? Yeah. You know. How do you know? You know. So that goes into a whole ego thing. They need people who try to get over on people. You know. Those are those kind of people, and I don't support those kind of people. So. Okay. And so um, on the flip side, what what about when you're the customer and you're dealing with an employee who has a bad attitude? Um, like we've all had the experience at McDonald's or a Burger King or some fast food restaurant where the person clearly doesn't want to be there. Um, do you kind of handle justice there yourself? Do you ask for a manager when you get in a bad attitude or do you just suffer through it until you get your food and leave? Well, when it comes to my food, I usually will suffer through it and then just decide I'm not going to come back there or, or whatever. But um, the problem with the 
a fast food or whatever, you know, lower paying position, first of all, I know that you're probably not happy about your situation, you know, but what screws up that percentile of people are those who are actually really nice and, you know, who, you know, say the right things, who are always pleasant when you come through the drive-thru, those kind of people. And usually those people are much older and we have a more of a older workforce in the, um, in the fast food uh, realm these days. Mm-hmm. So I find that they are usually more pleasant because they know, hey, this is a job. I'm going to do my job to the best of my ability and I'm going to keep moving. You know, they've gone through a lot of things. It's usually the teens and the young adults who are assholes, the millennials are just friggin' assholes. So, you know, I just deal with it. And the reason why I say I deal with it for food, because I am so afraid that this person is going to go get my fresh fries like I've asked for, and then they're going to spit on it or drop on the floor and pick them up. Right. You know, so I just I try not to do that in a restaurant situation, <laughs> but um, I just take it or, or whatever. I try to be as nice as possible because I don't want nobody spitting in my food. So that's my, my, that's my that. policy. I was riding with my aunt one time. I have an aunt on my married on my father's side of the family, and we go through the drive-through at a um, Hardee's or something. I was probably about nineteen or twenty years old, and so she pulls up to the window after we both placed our orders, and the lady took the money and she said, "Well, ma'am, it's going to be a minute on your fries. Can you pull up to the yellow line?" And she said, "No, ma'am, I will not." And you know, which kind of like. Invoke the look okay. on my face, like, what are you doing, you know? And she goes, well, ma'am, right. you just pull up to the, to the yellow line. We'll bring you your food out. And she said, this is a drive through not a drive through and pull up. I will wait for my food. <laughs> so she sat there at the window with cars behind us. And so I just told the lady to cancel my order because there was no way I was going to eat that food, you know? Exactly. Right. My people don't think about that. Food. I don't know why people don't think about that. Right. My aunt was cool with it, but there was no way I was eating that food at that point. So I, I don't mind people seeking justice for, you know, which the lady didn't have a bad attitude. My aunt did, but <laughs> I just, I, there's just no way. Uh, I just think there's a way you handle it and you handle it after you get your food. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had a girlfriend or as I still have, I don't know, um, who was like that. Every, it wouldn't matter. Every time we went out, she would find something wrong with the food or the service. It was just always, it's like, no, 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 I'm paying for this, so I have to have it perfect. I have to have it the way I want to because I'm paying for it. Well, a lot of the times, it's something so minuscule that it really doesn't matter, at least to me, it doesn't matter. I can see if someone you brought, they brought you food and it's burned, but, you know, they could probably see that too because they're not cooking it. They're just bringing it to you. So right. they would understand if you didn't want to eat it, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, I agree, you know. But if you're if you're being a, you know, smart ass about it, you know, it's like, well, look, I didn't cook it. <laughs> it's not my fault, you know. It's just I'm sorry or whatever. So there's a way of handling things and then handling it in such a way that you understand not only the situation, but this person is not making a lot of money, this may be their second or third job. I mean, you have to put things into perspective. 
And, and then, but a lot of times when people are complaining, it is usually not something that is legitimate, like the burned food or cold food. It's usually just, I don't know, something going on inside of them that they feel mm-hmm. that they have to have everything perfect or they feel like I, I can't be dis- disrespected or whatever. So it's really ridiculous. Okay, I agree. All right, three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. A couple more questions on this topic, and we'll move on. Uh, shouts out to those holding in the nine oh four, which is, I think is in Jacksonville, Florida, and the eight three two in Houston. I think that's my girl Lachiqua. How's it going? Um, so Crystal, are bad attitudes learned behaviors? You know, or are you born with it? Are you born to be wild? <laughs> well, there are some people who are just born assholes. There it is. <laughs> we all know them. But um, I'm on TV every day. You know, well, actually, by training, I'm a sociologist, so I think the environment controls a lot of what you do. But there are things that you bring with you from your past life. So that's who you are. But I, I do believe that you may think that you learned how to be an ass, but what you learn, sometimes you learn from the opposite. Like if you had someone who was really, you grew up with a mother or a father who was like in your eyes very weak, you decided I'm going to be stronger than this. I'm not going to let anybody, you know, take advantage of me. And then, or vice versa, you know. You may have someone who is very abusive, and, you know, you say, well, if I just do this, this won't happen to me. I won't be abused if I just act right. So, yeah, I think a lot of it is, is kind of a kind of a learn. I think your environment does play, you know, pretty much 70 to 80% of how you act and react. But the other part is just pure attitude, because I swear to God, my I've had children, and you can think of mothers. All of our children were different in the womb, but however they were in the womb is probably very much how they are as people, which all of my children are exactly how they were in the womb. So you got to put that biological in there somewhere, definitely. <laughs> okay, okay. Now on Facebook... Um when I asked earlier about how can a person avoid that foot and mouth disease and allow their emotions to not control what they say when their attitude takes over. And my man, Archie, formerly of the Virgin Islands chimed in, you know, Archie's stateside now, him and Meshevia since they got married. Um, I think they're in North Carolina now, but uh, he said the, the easiest way for most people to learn is to get tired of the taste of foot. But, yeah, if you get tired of the taste of foot, then you'll probably learn the hard way. But uh, I don't know. Some people, I don't think it's like anything you learn how to avoid. I just think it's something that, like you said, Crystal, either you are or you aren't, you know. Um, It's just in you or it's not in you. But as far as relationships, could you date someone who most people think has a bad attitude? Well, as long as I don't think he has a bad attitude, actually, he could be just like me. 
we could be assholes together. So, um, and I've had, most of my um, relationships have been like that. Um, I think we're really in a relationship. You have to be able to get each other's jokes. So you can have a bad attitude and don't get the other people's jokes. So it doesn't work. I've only had maybe one true asshole, you know, connection where we were on the same level of assholedom. And, yeah, we just made fun of other people. So I think that, um, you know, you have to pick the right asshole, you know, and you have to understand their jerkiness. And if you can, then, yeah, it works, just the same as the other way around. You know, you got to pick someone who's sweet and kind, just like you, you know. So, yeah, I wouldn't care. So to answer your question, no, I wouldn't care that someone else thought he was a jerk. Yeah, as long as I liked the jerkiness that he was, I wouldn't care. That's like you just don't understand. <laughs> See, I That's can't. Why deal we're together with and you're not. <laughs> I can't deal with a jerk. I um, I don't know. I just if if people I like don't like who I'm with, then it's just hard for me. It's just hard. Really? Wow. That says something about you. You need um, that. Um, Reassurance, or you know, you need people to well, give that outside approval. I don't think it's an approval thing. I think it. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, let me rephrase it. Let me back up. Let me back up. Okay. If the person that I'm with is wrong, and that's why people don't like them, like their attitude is, is one thing for people to just not get along with you and your mate. I mean, they don't have to date your mate, but if your right. your mate. Is is something that if it's something that they do that puts people off, I don't like that. You know, I don't like that. I've dated someone who just kind of gave my family attitude, you know, before, and for no reason, you know, and and I just that bothered me. Okay, so now my family really doesn't want to deal with you, and it just makes it awkward because now I can't visit my family the way I want to. And you know, you just—I just don't want that personally. So it's—it's it's one thing if they just prejudge your significant other and really don't know the person. But when mm-hmm. your significant other does something to the family, I just think it's a little different. But, well, then that, that still goes back to you, though, because they're actually doing something that maybe you chose to ignore even though you probably shouldn't have, but you did anyway because of all these other attributes they may have had. But then your family, because they're not in love with them, are saying, look, (laughs) this person is horrible, and you know this, and, you know. So that's when, you know, you kind of wake up to it, I think. Because we all do that in relationships, you know. Yeah, we, we do that. We we know there are things about our mate and and we that we may or may not like. And you look back, especially at your exes, and you go, oh, God, how did I not know that? But you did know that, you know. But you just chose to ignore it because you thought, well, everybody's not, no one's perfect or, you know, or whatever. So you focused on the good stuff. And, you know, the friends around you and your family go, hello, <laughs> This is so obvious. Why don't you understand this? <laughs> you know what? There so might, there's some it becomes to that. obvious, so you can't. There's some it. truth to that because when you think about what someone does to a stranger, you don't think much of it. But when it's someone that you care about, then you notice it more, or you, you're you're yeah. willing to speak up more about it. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. 
makes perfect sense. So, but yeah, but overall, I just, uh, because my attitude level is very low, I just don't like dealing with, with attitudes. I, I, I like it when it's used appropriately. But mm-hmm. when when people just use it just to use it, uh, and it's, I don't know, it's just a problem for me, and I'd rather not deal with it. Um, but overall, in the grand scheme of things, again, attitudes, completely necessary. I don't think people should frown upon them. I don't like how it's always something negative towards black women, whereas white women seem to get kind of a, oh, she's being feisty and independent type of look to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair. I do agree with you that black men are probably more of the cause of that. Uh, and yeah. I, I guess it's because I don't know. Maybe if 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 you spent if black men spent time equally between black women and white women, then maybe they'll see some similarities that there really isn't much of a difference. Um, I know there are some things different culturally, but overall, mm-hmm. you know, a woman is a woman and a man is a man for the most part. Uh, you know, I, I think I think a lot of that has to do with, and I, you know, this is just my opinion. I think when it comes to Black uh, people in general, especially black uh, relationships with each other, if you grew up in a situation where you just, you hated the fact that you grew up, you know, poor in the ghetto or around, you know, negative situations or negative people, you know, um, and then you get up and out and you go on and move on with your life, you kind of in your head, you know, you know, maybe even unconsciously say, you know what, I don't want to ever go back there. You know, kind of the similarities to people who say, I don't, you know, well, hey, why did you move out of the ghetto now that you all, you know, successful, you know, come back and bring anything back to the community or whatever. It's like, well, I don't want to ever want to go back there. Mm-hmm. That was a nightmare. And I don't want to go back to that nightmare. So I think um, we choose our mates or whatever, um, even outside of our race, because of certain things that happen negatively in our life or we thought of them as negative or whatever. And so we we say, I don't want to go back there. I want to be positive. I want to have a fresh start. I want different kinds of attitudes and people. And, you know, so I'm going to choose someone different. Now, I, me personally, I've been with men who are of different races. I married different races and um, white, you know, races, European and so there is a difference. And there was a distinct difference, even though I wasn't looking for it. There was a distinct difference between the two, but culturally. It was just, you know, that's just natural. You know, you grow up in a different place. It's like someone who grows up in California as opposed to someone who grows up in New York. <laughs> it's completely different um, yeah. attitudes just by culture so and environment. So that that was the thing, you know, Um there was a difference, and there was there was things, and really the difference was really surface, because there were things that I knew that as a black person I talk about with black guys, or just in general, kind of a family thing, you know, kind of a thing, um, where I knew where he grew up, I knew what he was about, I knew where his um, attitudes were coming from historically, or whatever, and 
And then with the other, it was completely different because he was coming from a completely different thing that I didn't grow up around. So he seemed more positive about life in general. However, I met another guy who was European, but he came from a certain reality that was very similar to our black reality in America. So, you know, so this kind of where people come from, you just say, I, I can't deal with that. And those, I don't really blame, per se, black guys who go for um, other types of races, not just white, Asian or whatever. Uh, especially Asian, they tend to say that a lot about Asians. <laughs> but I think it's, it's just culture. What can I deal with? What can I not deal with anymore? So I don't really blame them for that. I just really blame them for attacking black women. You know, I mean, hey, be who you are, man. You don't want, you can't, I don't think you can really control, per se, what you're attracted to. You know, and that goes on into so many other different levels beyond race. So. Mm. Yeah, there's probably some truth to that as well, but, uh, <sighs> I don't know. I just think, um, I just hope that for those out there um, who realize that they have an attitude problem uh, or been told that they have an attitude problem, just to evaluate yourself, you know, because I think a lot of it, especially with younger people, I think a lot of it now just like it's just, it's like they're emulating. It's like, oh my goodness, there's some people who are carbon, carbon copies of some of the folks you see on TV. And you can tell I, and we yeah. see it in every, we see it in, and not just negative things, but in positive things too. Like, um, how many times have you looked at Facebook and you see people take pictures with the same exact pose, or you know, uh, I mean, it's like, <laughs> the duck yeah, with the with the toe kind of pointed down, and you know, when they're standing up, they got the toe pointed down, and and uh, okay. it's just so they have to look. That, Are you talking about someone in particular? Do you want to do you want to go into this? No, I'm talking about people like I could. Oh, off the top of my head, I bet you I can name five. But Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm not going to. But I, I hope could. they're listening. <laughs> they probably are but listening. I, whoever they are. I think people, you know, emulate what they think is cool, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I guess we kind of like all prison get pose. It. Yeah, like the prison pose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never yeah. been to prison, but they they pose like that. It's hilarious. Right. Okay. So, yeah. and uh, so I think social media kind of helps that, uh, and it also kind of blends the lines of of cultural things or regional things because now we can get yeah. information from all over the country, all over the world, kind of right. delivered right there at our fingertips. Whereas when we were growing up, you had to watch a music video to know what was cool in New York. And you know what? That's right, because the whole thing is because I, I think about, like, if I was growing up in this time, how would I be, you know? You know, I'd probably be on several reality TV shows, probably basketball-wise by now. But <laughs> <laughs> so, but then we didn't have any of this. This is so wild, you know, because we are the generation that can literally say, if we wanted to talk to somebody, we had to actually pick up a phone or we had to actually go to them 
you know, yeah. and we didn't know what was going on in other, like, and for stars, you know, celebrity, we didn't know what was going on in their life. You know, nope. they were stars. You know, they were singers. They were just these creatures who, you know, were on our TV tube. We didn't know anything about their actual life unless we actually knew them. You know, we didn't know that. But now, and I think that made them more revered. Yes, you know, yeah. And then we learned about them usually after they were dead. <laughs> and then all this stuff started coming out. And it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so it's it's different today. And just like with family, with Facebook, and that's why people talk about Facebook, but I actually love the fact of Facebook because it has brought so many people together. Yes. People in your life who really should be in their life more. Um, like family and friends and high school people, you know, that you – grew up with and you lost touch with, now you don't have to lose touch with them. They're right there. So I, I you know, but um, that's something that we didn't have when we were growing up. So it's a completely different. But, yeah. So, no telling what would have happened to me but we had social media back then. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I hate to think about it, too. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. No. That's not true. All right, we're going to take a quick break And then we'll come back and discuss that coward From Cleveland, Ohio And the incident that went down over the last few days with him Be right back in about 30 seconds My name is Chanel Tapper And you're listening to Talk to Q Radio Show No experts, just opinions All right, give me a quick sip of water. 347-202-0215 is the number. Shouts out to Lexi listening in the Jackson, Mississippi area. And, okay, Crystal, this loser, Steve Stevens. All right, this guy from Cleveland who essentially went on a killing spree. Now, granted, he did have some mental issues. But I'll, I'll... Yeah, but whatever sympathy I had for him was thrown out the window when the video of the old man who got killed came out. Uh, Well, today, this guy, they finally caught up with him in Erie, Pennsylvania, at a McDonald's. He was in his Ford Fusion at the drive-thru. And I don't know if someone at McDonald's called the cops. I'm assuming that's what happened. And the police showed up. Pennsylvania State Troopers, they gave a chase. They did the little pit maneuver thing where they spun the car out of control. Dude pulled out his gun, shot himself in the head. So after two days, uh, this guy is finally out of out of commission. First of all, I want to go back to, I guess, the beginning. When you first heard about this, this guy who blamed his his mother for not listening to him, um, also, he invoked his ex-girlfriend's name and everything. Uh, what were your thoughts? And then uh, let's let's put race into this. When you found out he was black, did, did that make you feel any differently? Well, you know, if you had asked me years ago 
regarding the black issue, then maybe, yeah, I would have said it made me feel differently. But now, no. Um, And only because I know that there are mental issues that happen in the black community, probably more so, um, or or differently or just as much or whatever, um, than in the, the white community. And I think, you know, it goes from, and I've always, I've thought about this actually, you know, as a sociologist, I've thought about the facts of the environment, how maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago or, or less or whatever, we were so consumed as a black, as African Americans or whatever, we were so consumed with um, money and, and just being free and making it and, and all of these kinds of things. Whereas now, or in this generation, we're less concerned with that and more concerned with just regular stuff. I mean, just like everybody else, just like white people, because we have freedoms or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so the it's caught up to us, uh, life and, and, and hopes and dreams or whatever, dashed or what we think we should have as opposed to what we don't have. So I think that the mentality is different than it was before. But um, the things that he was saying, uh, I I did watch the videos, you know, all of his Facebook stuff. Um, I even saw the actual murder, which really I wish I hadn't have seen that actually. But um, I did see it, and the things that he was saying, he just wanted to be heard. I'm not taking up for him at all, because I think he was a scumbag, you know. But he wanted to be heard. He kept saying that he was not heard, that people did not take him seriously, um, and I'm sure he wasn't just talking about killing himself or things that was going on in his head, but just Generally, he wasn't being taken seriously. I mean, he even went back to his college days and probably even before that with his mother. I mean, maybe, you know, he never felt that people thought he was a real man or a real anything, that he could do anything. So, with like a lot of serial killers, they want to be noticed, which is why they do what they do, to say, I haven't noticed in my life. No one's ever really taken me seriously or think I'm anything. So I'm going to do them and go out in a blaze of glory, and then they'll have to take me seriously after this. You know, they'll have to look at me and analyze me and talk about me, and and my name will go down in, in the history books you know, um, as one of the many or whatever serial killers. At least then I'll be known. So that's how I thought about him when I when I was watching him um, talk about what he talked about. So. It's really sad on every level. The, the saddest I feel is um, for his, of course, for his victim, and especially after watching the video, I I just can't get that image out of my head of this poor man coming home from or walking back home from Easter dinner with his family, and uh, just horrible, horrible. And I look at him. He's, I mean, he was an old guy. I mean, he was just, I just, I, it's hard to even talk about, but 
I just, you know, prayers out to the family. Mm. And now, is that the only confirmed victim? The guy claims at one point he what, killed right. 14 people or something. Was right. that the only confirmed victim? That's the only confirmed at this point. I mean, I think that if, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe something will come up later, but I think that he had to kill these other 13 people he was talking about, then um, I think they probably would have been, you know, named by now, or at least it would have been figured out. Unless, you know, he killed a bunch of gang members or something, and maybe no one, you know, they just mm. talked it up. It's another, you know, something that just happened. But, um but I don't think so. I, I just I just think that this is something he planned to do, but he never got around to doing, or maybe he wasn't, you know, fully going to do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about these other thirteen people. How do you feel about the fact that he killed himself and never actually got brought to justice? Well, you know, I um. I always expected that he would kill himself. I mean, I, I knew he would. When you go this far, uh, especially with everything that he was saying, um, when you go this far and do this, then yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna take this person in normally. Um, I mean, I, I'm always amazed when they do take people in alive after something like this, but. Um, but from the way he was speaking, I really don't think he would have been able to walk in by you know alone. I, don't, I, I think he was waiting to die. Hmm. Okay. And uh, for those who are on hold, if you want to join the discussion, press one on your dial pad. And I'll enter you in the post queue and let me know that you're ready to speak. And so, um, I mean, here we go again, Crystal. So we have another. Guy, another maniac who goes out, kills someone innocent, uh, has a manhunt across the country. Uh, is that just going to bring up the discussion of gun control and all that stuff again? I mean, it's like a never-ending cycle. People discuss it, but nothing ever gets done. Is there anything that can be done? Well, yeah, people are discussing it now, and yeah, there's plenty that can be done. Um problem is, uh, the people who can actually, you know, make the changes, especially now with this new administration, um, they're not going to want to make the changes. They're not going to feel pressure to make the changes. Um, it's not to their benefit to make the changes because they are um, catering to, you know, um, guns and um, cigarettes and all that, you know. They, they're, they're catering to that line their their business and um and not just the business but the people who support them who love hunting and and all of that and the militia and so they're not going to be able to cater to to them to their mindset. So because when you start putting real sanctions against people who can just walk into wherever and get a gun, um, if they look Halfway decent, and not just not just people who actually want the guns, but the people who buy the guns in order to resell the guns. There's plenty of those people actually 
more so than anything, who are buying guns who don't have a record, you know, because they're not using the guns. They're selling the guns. So once you start putting sanctions on them, then you're going to start affecting a whole group of people. So um, just like with drugs, you know. Yeah. yeah, can you get rid of drugs? Yeah, you can. <laughs> so if you really want to, but then you're going to start affecting people who are making millions and billions off of it. So same thing with guns. So that's, that's okay. the issue. That's the problem. Let me go to the 904 area code, Jacksonville, Mississippi, Jacksonville, Florida, excuse me, in that area. Carla, what's your name? Hi, Q. It's Willise. Hey, what's going on? Okay, how are you doing? Doing great. Glad to have you on the air. Um, I mean, so what do you think, Willise, uh, about this whole situation? You have how everything went down. Um, the mother, uh, Steve Stevens' mother, Maggie Green, um, felt really horrible about the situation. She's apologized to the family of the older gentleman that was uh, was killed. Um, I'm trying to find his name, Mr. What was it? Robert Green, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, how do you feel? About, I mean, what do you think she's going through right now, being that he blamed her essentially for not listening, and now we've gone through these two days of, of madness, so to speak, and, you know, do you think she feels some responsibility, or how would you feel if you were in her shoes? I I don't know. um if she does or if she even should feel responsibility, um, she's a victim as well. You know, she's actually victimized. Him blaming her and dragging her into this as if she's, you know, she's the cause of what of what happened. He's a grown man. Okay, whatever it was, if I understand correctly, it was some disagreement or a breakup or something that precipitated this. That's my understanding, Crystal. Part? Can you confirm? Yeah, yeah. He he had just broken up, but it's it's never the last thing that they do. It's a culmination of many things that they have right. happened yeah. to them over time. So the thing is, it's like bringing his mother into it. I'm sure the mother is very um, remorseful um, about what happened, but I don't think that she really should feel I don't know how she feel I can't speak to how she feels about it but I don't think that she should feel responsible for that okay um so but I just don't understand I agree with Crystal too about I thought I definitely thought that they should have been looking for a body I thought he was already dead I didn't um when I heard that he actually killed himself when he got caught but I I didn't think that he was he was would be caught alive. Yeah, I knew that he would either be dead. Um, I I thought he was dead already, to tell you the truth. But um, I I just when that occurred, I just my feeling was great disappointment. You know, um, it, it's a lack of coping skills that is now becoming culture in America and probably globally. Um, people are not dealing with things. I mean, you, as you guys were talking about back in the day, there was no Facebook. And if you wanted to know, 
what was going on in New York. I, I grew up in New York. You could have called me. <laughs> but you'd have to look at, like, videos or go see a movie or something like that. Um, things are so different now, um, but we've lost a lot. It seems that technology is, was supposed to enhance our lives, but it doesn't. It seems that we've arrest people have arrested in development rather than evolved with the technology. Hmm. Yeah, I think you make a good point, and this is something that we're we're going to see more of than less, of course, and. I don't know. It just makes you wonder if there's anything that can be done. I mean, I know we focus a lot on international terrorism, but we, we, in a lot of ways, we have terrorism here in the United States among ourselves. And just Mm -hmm. not knowing that, you know, walking down the street and not knowing if someone can just walk up and blow your head off is terrorism, you know? Yeah, but see, that's that's what I mean by by the fact that we've lost something. With all the advances, we've lost something. We've lost a sense of community. Um, people knew each other. And how many of your neighbors do you actually know today? How many of your I neighbors? Mean, I, yeah, I, I'm fortunate that I live in an older neighborhood. I know all of my neighbors. I've been here for okay. 20 years. and well, I don't know any of mine. It's old school. But, 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 but that, you're still, you're still, you're like a unicorn because most people, there, it's like we've become like worker ants, drones. Your, your nose is to the grind. You get out, out of your house. You make it to your car. Some people never even see outside. I know for me, I'm in my car in the garage. I open up the door. I back out. Close the garage door. Go. I hardly know any of my neighbors. But, see, when something happens, there's still no community, even though a tragedy would bring people together. Back in the day, if you didn't know folk, right, and something did happen, people kind of comforted each other in, the, in, in, in that community and mm-hmm. got to know each other. But, and, and so there would be a precipitating force that would cause people to coalesce. But even no matter what happens these days, people tend to burrow into their holes, you know, even deeper away from everyone. It's like you said, people might be even walking around afraid, you know, that this this person doesn't matter, you know, at this point now, it doesn't even matter whether, you know, people used to cross the street if they saw a black man coming down the, down the street, they'd cross the street. It doesn't matter. You don't know who it's going to be these days. You know, it's yeah. not really a healthy way to live. So you've got the folks who are aware and afraid, okay? And then you have the folks who, it's not that they're not aware, but they're too busy in the grind to pay attention, okay? So they're just, they just keep on going, but everybody is just removed. Everyone's just removed from each other. Very true. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and I think, the misuse of technology is because of it. Uh, and I, and I, and I stress the fact mis misuse. I don't think there's anything wrong with technology. It's just mm-hmm. that people aren't being taught how to use it and still kind of maintain, I guess, so to speak, 
Now, there were some people, Crystal, who blamed Facebook Live for all of this. I mean, do you think they bear any type of responsibility for the guy posting the video of the gentleman being shot? You know, personally, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they really hold the blame. I think what's the the problem? Um, what they were saying was with their policy, and they didn't get to the the video fast enough to take it off. But you know, I think they got to it as fast as they could, according to their their normal, you know, uh, practices. But. Um, I don't really see it as a, as a blame for Facebook. No more than I see people who blame Facebook for their failing relationship. You know, I mean, it's right. just you know, it, it's just a tool. I mean, it's it's just it's no different than someone being in the playground and deciding to kill someone. Now all the children see it. So do you blame the school? for not getting mm-hmm. the kids away before they saw this, you know. So that's, you know, I don't think that's um, really their blame. Now, of course, um, Zuckerberg has gone, you know, has stepped out to say we need to work on this and, you know, and we understand and all of this. And so, you know, policies will change and they'll probably make it worse. Eventually it's going to, you know, probably your video is not going to post immediately. You know, kind of like radio. It doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're hearing a delayed version of the show, even though you you think you're listening live, but actually you're listening a few minutes or a couple of seconds or four before, because they mm-hmm. have to bleep out certain things. So it's going to probably be something a little bit like that. Um, and then there people have talked about robots and having you know more of a mechanical thing where they can spot certain things, but. You know, yeah, it will change their policy a bit, but I don't think it's their fault. Okay, well, Lise? Well, the thing is, it's like I really feel that, yeah, they could do that, but that hasn't really helped us as a society um, because that's what we keep doing. We keep moving the bar and away from where the bar needs to be moved. Accountability, personal accountability, has to be what we're we're gonna we're gonna be striving for because there is no way that we can anticipate what somebody's gonna do, especially if somebody's mentally deranged. Who who's gonna be able to predict that? So now you're gonna put people in a position where they can't even have a business without having to be worried that they're going to be responsible for any and every one that walks through their door or or clicks on their website. The accountability has to be on the individual. It's his fault. It's not Facebook's fault. It's not the people's fault that are there. And as a society, we tend to cheer on the things that are would be normally considered wrong when we were growing up. Okay? Why would people want attention for something negative? Is it because that's the fastest way to get attention or is it because that's what society pays attention to? So Probably a bit of both. I think the, the accountability is displaced. It's, it's, it's totally misplaced accountability. You're blaming usually the blame is 
put on on the whole blame is put on the person who shouldn't have the whole blame. Um, maybe they might have some measures, like you were mentioning, Crystal, that they, they may have to put some measures in place because something like this could happen again. But they shouldn't be the one to take the blame. Now, if this guy lived, what would, what would be a way to deter folks? We're a society that's been jaded. What could possibly deter folks these days? When we were growing up, just the uh, humiliation of being found out in a lie was humiliation enough to deter you from lying. Okay, if you did it, you got busted, you you would go out of your way never to do that again because of the humiliation. Why is that? Because all of society frowned upon it. Now, lying makes you famous. Lying makes you president. <laughs> right. Good point. What are you laughing at? Let's bring Trump, please. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. But I agree. Right, because that's I that's agree. the whole like the thing. Because yeah, there's no um, there's no such thing as bad publicity. And for people like this, as I was saying before, they they have no. Recourse. They feel that they there's nothing that they've done in their life that was good. There's nothing that can be done that was bad. And then there's so much anger inside of them, twisted, horrible, madness, mm-hmm. anger, that they figure the only way I will ever be remembered or make a mark in my life is if I take out and and you know take out someone who who would be talked upon. We will talk about it. We will discuss it. We will analyze it, you know, and because they look at people who have done these things prior who are constantly talked about or, or you know, uh, and they become famous within themselves, even after life. And it's like, mm-hmm. I will be immortal. And so that's that's the only thing that they feel they can leave this world with. That's sad, you know. It's sad because it tells us that we're not recognizing the right things, and we probably haven't been yeah. we haven't been doing this for a long time. Um, even like the disproportionate way that people are compensated for work, you know. I would I would much rather pay somebody that's teaching my kids or saving my life the kind of money that these reality TV people are making, that way they, they can have a peace of mind when they're teaching my kids, <laughs> when they're yeah. flying the plane or, or, or rushing me to some kind of emergency services or something, you know, then to pay these folks, I feel, you know, I don't know all you people out there that love your reality TV, but really this stuff is useless, okay? It's just entertainment. It's not reality, Okay. It takes you away. It numbs you from life because rather than living your life, being a part of life, taking accountability for life, reaching out and having relationships in life, you're having a pseudo life, living through these these caricatures. Right. we, We should be valuing different things. Yeah, this man could be, he reminds me a little bit 
of what was that man's name? The I think he was a police officer, and he ended up like I think he killed several people, and he made his way all the way out to California. Do you remember that guy? Okay, so he kind of reminds me of that uh, of him. This guy it was it was sheer, it was frustration, but it's just a different type of frustration. I think um, this gentleman felt that he was invisible. Okay, but so did the other one. He felt that he was passed over. He worked hard. He did everything that he was supposed to do, and yet, no matter what he did, he could never he could never accomplish. He could never be recognized. Uh, and and you know, and you watch how things happen. If there there are certain people who are selected, whether they're competent or not. You know they're going to make sure that these people succeed. Okay, they pick their horse, and whether the horse is is you know a good one or or a horrific one, it doesn't matter. You know, so that's another thing. It's like who's to blame? You know, to tell you the truth, the more I think about it, I feel it's society to blame. If you want to blame Absolutely. something something uh, in in math. You know, it's not it's not Mark Zuckerberg with his Facebook. Facebook is entertainment, okay? Facebook is a way, like like you were saying, Crystal, it's a fun way for you to keep in touch with people, probably recapture some folks. I know that I, I took a long time to get on Facebook. When I finally got on Facebook, it was really because I missed my high school folks so much. You know, having been one of the few that, that left and actually never went back to live in New York, I felt like I left my siblings behind. Now, the only reason you feel like that is because those folks are the folks that you grew up with. Those are the folks that saw you go and get your pimples and, you know, develop. And, I mean, these are, these are not friends. These are like cousins, siblings, you know what I mean? And you only appreciate it that much more when you make secondary friends, what I call secondary friends. These are people that you meet at work college they don't they haven't gone through the things that you went through with your primary friends you know those are family so I wanted to get back in touch with them and Facebook was like the, it was so fast it was like I mean I wouldn't have probably been able I'd have to go <laughs> go out there and try hunting everybody but it would made it really fast and that's the reason why I got on Facebook it's not life but think about it. Look at some of the people that we interact with on Facebook. They're literally living on Facebook. That's their life. So if one thing goes wrong with the fact that people today are not, um, are not equipped to manage crisis and conflict, mm-hmm. it's just an explosive situation waiting to happen. Like you said, you just never know. You'd be walking down the street and bam, something will happen. Yes, it's, and it's very unfortunate. And a uh, couple corrections I want to make. Um, the gentleman that was shot in Cleveland, um, his name is Robert Godwin Sr. So I want to make sure I got his name mm. correct. And from what I understand, right. the video was uploaded. It wasn't through Facebook Live, as people said it was, like it was uploaded after the fact. Um, and also, the guy who you mentioned earlier, Will East, is Christopher Dorner, not Dorman, it's Dorner. And, and, and it goes, and just her mentioning 
the situation, I knew the guy's name. Now, Christopher Dorner, I think, was more of a whistleblower than a just maybe deranged killer. Well, I mean, that's another show if you want to invent, talk about that. But um, just recently, we had the 10-year anniversary of the West Virginia University shootings um, with the Korean guy, uh, Seung Hee Cho. Okay. And then later this year will be 20 years since Luke Woodham killed his parents in their, in the bed and came to Pearl high school, just not too far from me here in Jackson, Mississippi and shot kids at Pearl high school. You know, that's going to be 20 years on October 1st. And I mean, it's crazy how I, you know, I know the names Christopher Dorner. I know Luke Woodham. I know Sung Hee Choi. I, I mean, and maybe this is why people do it because we're talking about them more so than we are the tragedy. A lot of times because the media kind of, you know, they dig deeper into the person's lifestyle and in a sense, they kind of turn these people into rock stars, so to speak. Uh, and maybe that adds to it. I don't know. Maybe that's what Steve Stevens had in mind when he did this. Now, He's going to be someone else's whose name we'll remember probably, you know, five years from now, or at least I will. I'm kind of, names kind of stick with me, um, especially if your name's Steve Stevens. That's not very creative. But, uh, I, I mean, so it makes you wonder if some people who maybe have these type of problems, if that's what's in their mind, like, you know what, at least I'll go out, you know, on top. At least people will remember me. And I'll leave the news every single night. Because there's no telling how much, you know, this guy watched TV before he ended up being caught and ended up killing himself. He knew he was going to kill himself. But, you know, he might have been just enjoying the attention up until the point he got discovered. And, yep. and hopefully the You're right. the the person at McDonald's that turned him in got that 50000 50, too. Uh so I don't know. But. I don't no, think yeah. the last person who said that McDonald's person was like, hurry up, dial that phone. Right. But I mean, blame Facebook? No. Do you blame his mom? No. I mean, could she have contributed, contributed to the problem? Probably. But I, ultimately, you can't blame her. And I think the real victims in all of this is, you know, Robert Godwin Sr. and his family. I mean, his family forgave. Stevens for what he did and that you know takes a lot Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. personally I would have been kind of rooting for him you know catching a few bullets but uh, you you, you know those are the people you have to feel sorry for and in the end the victims a lot of times are the ones we forget you know well the thing is it's like uh uh I lost Woolies. I'm sure she'll dial back in. But, uh, yeah, sad situation, Crystal, no doubt. And just another, um, yeah, I, I guess another headline that we unfortunately will just have to, you know, read for the next few days and it'll kind of fade out in the sunset until the next headline comes across with some other person done. But, uh, I mean, for him to, Blame this on his mom and his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, whoever she was, is sad. And speaking of such, on um, Thursday, 
I'm going to be on. Um, I'm going to be on a show hosted by Miss Heartbeat called "What He Said Versus What She Said: Perspectives mm-hmm. on Relationships." And one of the topics we're going to discuss on her show is um, guys who refuse to let women go. You know, she doesn't want to be with you, but you refuse to let yeah. her go arm of her life. That's something I've never really just openly discussed before. Um, so it'd be interesting to, you know, hear what questions she may have. So um, if you're interested in hearing and participating in that show, then um, just inbox me on Facebook at Thank Q, and that's Thank and Q-U-E, and I can uh, share the invitation with you. It's going to be a actually a video chat, uh, so it should be pretty interesting. That's Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, what he said versus what she said. And I'm going to share that in the T2Q group for you all to take a look at. So, um, yeah, I want to throw that out there as well. But let's go ahead with our final thoughts, just um, wrapping up the show. And, Crystal, I will start with you. You know, we discussed bad attitudes. We discussed this shooting in Cleveland, Ohio. If you want to throw in something about all the bombing the United States has been doing lately and add your two cents on that, you're more than welcome to. But please go ahead and give your final thoughts, Crystal. Okay, well, um, you know, very good show. Um, I don't want to talk about Trump. So, and his <laughs> foolishness. The, um, but we're headed for World War Three. Just know that this is the beginnings and get ready for your Mad Max life. Um, yeah, I I would say as far as <laughs> as far as attitude and everything, um, you know, my thing is just be who you are. You know, I mean, be truly who you are, whatever that may be. And if you are okay with with where you are, I mean. If you are okay with, you know, living at home alone um, and with your cat or, you know, or if you're okay with the guy that nobody likes except for you um, or whatever, then then do that. That's, that's who, you know, be who you are. The only problem is when you're truly not that person but you're doing it in order to please others um, or to cover up um, a real sadness within yourself. Um, you're angry. And usually our anger when we peel the onion is really about us, our choices that we've made and we're very sad and hurt that we have succumbed to the experiences of life and, you know, it has turned us into whatever monster we really feel that we are, so we take it out on everybody else. That is something that is left up to your clinical counselor and whatever drugs you need to help you through that. Me personally, I I stick with tequila. That works for me. It's my drug of choice. So, but for others, it may be something else, and we all should get counseling. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. We witnessed, you know, um, today where what happens when you don't get the help that you need. And this guy, you know, 
who did this horrible, horrible thing, um, he needed help. And it was obvious that he was crying out for help long before this even happened. And I always want to remind people, when people commit suicide or do self-destructive things like this, this is that the last thing that they did was probably just a, a, a breath of wind to knock them over the edge. It wasn't the, the main thing, wasn't the only thing. It was the last thing that happened to them. And so mm-hmm. it's it's so unfortunate, you know, when people get to this level of depression and sadness that takes their life. It, I mean, depression is a terminal illness. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. and and I think that people in our society, especially maybe all over the world, but I know especially in the American society, they don't take mental illness seriously enough. You really don't. You think that we should just pull up our bootstraps and get with it and, you know, well, just think more positively and you'll be okay and, and, you know, just, you know, read all the quotes that are online that are just super positive and you'll be okay. Um, and just get back out there. I mean, people can't do that. Everybody can't do that. And so, um, and this is what happens when it's not looked at. It's, it's a cancer. It's a cancer of the mind. It's a cancer of the soul. And if it's not treated, you will take out yourself and maybe a few other people with them. And even if you don't kill anybody, you're definitely going to destroy the people who loved you and are around you, who need you. And, but we also need to look at people and we need to hear them. So, you know, my public service announcement is if anyone says to you that they don't want to live anymore, they can't see tomorrow anymore, they don't know how they're going to survive and they just, they're tired and they just want to, to stop and end everything, Take them seriously. Do not tell them that um, everything is going to be fine. Just stop talking that way. No, keep talking. We need to hear you. People need to be heard. So that's, you know, just really get the people in your lives help. If nothing else, listen. That's all you have to do. That's really it's all you have to do is just sit there and listen. Listen to them. Even if they said it a million times over and over, they're trying to work it out in their head. And I can go on and on, but um, this is really sad, and I really um, I feel for the family, and and you know I pray for the family and pray for Godman's soul, and I I believe that his soul is is in the heaven that we all may believe in, and he I think he is fine, and I think he has forgiven this young man who is now torture is going through the torture of the spirit, but. Um, just be there for your the people you claim to love. Just hear them out. So good show. And good to hear you, Will Wise. I you know, I actually I didn't I couldn't I didn't know if you were a male or female. <laughs> I mean I okay. didn't I'm sorry. I I meant I was going I literally I was going to ask a Q. I was like, Who the hell is this? Is this a guy? Because I thought maybe you were named William, and then the picture was maybe their mom or something or whatever, or maybe they're <laughs> a painter. 
and they just, you know. So I didn't know. How oh, it's, it's good to hear that you're going Anyway. She gave me a whole new biography. I did. I did. You know, I have an so, alias. Anyway. Thanks, Crystal. Crystal gave me an alias. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Well, it's nice to meet you, Elise? Crystal. Nice yeah, to meet you. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of what Crystal said, I definitely agree. I I know um, with some of the personnel that I have um, uh, dealt with, and over the years, one of the things I used to always tell them because I was working in healthcare is that be careful. You you I I didn't miss the portion about the that you were discussing earlier with the attitude. I caught it, but I was on the wrong number. Uh, so I had to switch the numbers to get to be able to come on the show. But I always told them, be careful how you deal with folks. Because no matter what's going on in my life, when I deal with people, no, people probably think my life is like, oh, my God, I want her life. Okay? But everybody has problems. How do right. you choose to manifest yourself when you're out in public? And I'm not saying to put a mask on. I'm just saying that you can, like I used to tell folks, you know what, when you're dealing with something, especially a serious thing like healthcare, people come here because they trust that you're going to be on, on point and on the job, okay? You need to leave your drama at the door. If, I'm not saying that whatever's going on in your life, I'm not diminishing it, but it's not going to, you bringing it through the door and carrying it with you and causing more issues, you know, it, it's not going to, you're not going to magically solve it by bringing it through the door with you. When I go to work, whatever issues that I have going on, I leave that at the door and work is a refuge for me. At least I have a break from the worries that I have to deal with, Right. Because right. I tell them, I promise you, when you go through that door to go home, they'll be waiting for you. Those worries are waiting for you. They're not going to magically disappear. Okay, but right. at least you had a break. Your mind had a chance to clear up. You know what? You might even walk out the door with a solution, you know, because you let it go for a minute. But the bottom line is leave it at the door and treat people with respect and treat people the way you would want to be treated. The way you wouldn't want to be listened to, like Crystal was saying, we're missing that. People don't listen to each other anymore. Back in the day, somebody would tell you something, and one of the first things that you would instinctively want to do is help them. Whether it was listening or whether it was like a connection that you're like, hey, I, I have a friend who can help you with that. You know, people don't do that anymore. Only clicks do that. If you're part of a clique, if you're part of some cronyistic <laughs> uh, group, they do that with each other. But every, the normal folks don't do that because everybody's rushing around in their little bubble. Listen to people. If we don't, things are going to get more and more dangerous. Okay? How many of you out there watch and probably love The Walking Dead? Okay, once the initial threat is gone, then the next threat becomes the people, right? Yeah. So we're going to be in a big trouble because we've already been detached from each other. So 
getting into a situation like that, we're already we're already living every man for himself. A situation like that, we're already halfway in, into into you know we're man against man instead of coming together and trying to survive together. And I do believe what you said too, Chris. I'm I'm hoping it doesn't happen because we don't really need uh, some kind of apocalyptic World War Three. But if something's not done, we better get ready. So treat no each doubt. other well. Mhm. Treat each other well. And listening is yep. definitely the key. You know, I wonder how many of my listeners were surfing Facebook and Instagram when Willise was talking just then. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was going to say. I was gonna so gonna say. I wonder how many of my listeners were listening. <laughs> right. You get we get so distracted with um, multitasking, and mm-hmm. and I'm guilty of it too. That um, even when we are yeah, supposed we to be listening. We're not. We you do know, listen, so. but we're listening plus. We're listening plus. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we. Well, you're right. So <laughs> you, you are listening. <laughs> right. So you might you 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 miss certain things. You'll miss when you're when you're on your phone and you're listening. It's like, all right, I I do that. I'll be watching Walking Dead. Everybody knows I love Walking Dead, but I'm on the phone making comments on my group about Walking Dead. And then I wonder why I missed, I missed uh, something, you know, exactly. so like somebody will, right. You know, because I wasn't really watching it. <laughs> I wasn't paying And I was going to say the same thing. I, um, I can remember football games that I saw as a kid. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you what happened play for play. I can remember scores from when I was mm-hmm. 11, 12 years old. But I can't tell you the score of a game that came out last night because I was too busy tweeting about it. You know, mm-hmm. so it's amazing mm-hmm. how and you miss and it, because you also out. count on right, but you also count on replay, right? Because yeah. I know, like you'll you know, like with football, you know, being in the hospital, a lot of times I would be I'd miss like the Super Bowl, so I would have it recorded. So you get kind of used to not being in the moment. That's another thing. People are don't live in the moment. Could you we imagine everything? I, and I don't know how how old you are, Willis, but I, I mean I I am familiar with Crystal and her age range, and we're close to the same age. And I'm just thinking back. Okay. What would it have been I don't like? Know where you're going with that? <laughs> what would it have been like I'm to see Michael you. Jackson's Thriller video like the next day on YouTube? I mean, what made it so great? Was seeing it that Friday night and having to wait until Monday to go to school and talk about it. I mean, right. <laughs> what would it have been like had we watched it not even live, like the next day or something like that? I mean, you know, I, I'm, people. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, I grew up when I did. Yeah, it probably wouldn't wouldn't feel the same because I still. This is really stupid, but I'm gonna. Don't people laugh at me and especially don't make fun of me on Facebook. Um, I still get a kick out of watching the Ten Commandments. Now, I have it on DVD, okay? Right. But I get a kick out of watching it when it's being broadcast. 
And the reason is it takes you back to when you were growing up because you yeah. know there are other people watching it on that broadcast. So you're watching it with others. It, it was a sense of connection. When we were growing up, there was, oh, what, there was a, few, a few channels, right? So uh-huh. you can be rest assured, like if there was four channels, there's a 25% chance that at least 25% of the population that had television sets was watching this with you, right? Right. You were aware of that. You were aware of that. So the Ten Commandments was just on. I almost missed it this <laughs> this weekend. And I just happened to be flipping the channel. I was like, oh, my God, everybody's watching it. I'm not watching it. It was so stupid, but I do that every year. I just get a kick out of just knowing that, you know, that's not the most popular uh, film, but I like it, you know? Right. There's people watching it right now, you know, not recording it and watching it later, watching it right now. In and the that's present, pretty cool. In the moment. And I think that's why mm-hmm. I don't watch music videos as much as I used to. There's not, you know, mm-hmm. you had that sense of urgency with Friday night videos back in the day. But now, mm-hmm. just like just recently, probably two or three weeks ago, I posted about uh, Bruno Mars' video, uh, That's What I Like. Okay? Mm-hmm. I said it was an awesome video, best video I've seen in Love quite it. some time. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I saw that three hours ago. Or I saw that last Thursday. <laughs> it's like everyone's so scattered out. Right, that is so 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I didn't have anyone to discuss it with because either you saw it last week or you hadn't seen it at all because there wasn't that big one premiere of it, you know? Right, exactly. And I, I kind of miss that. Anymore, those premieres. Yeah, I, I kind of miss that. Unless it's a, unless you're Beyonce and you have a whole. Well, yeah, you know what? I guess for me, the one thing according to what you guys are talking about is currently. I still watch um, uh, Big Brother. Now, Big Brother is one of those game shows, reality game shows. But I also watch it with Twitter, you know. And Twitter is one of the ways that they kind of try to make people watch it at the same time. So Uh I watch it and I'm talking on Twitter and I'm, you know, listening to what everybody's saying about what just happened. And, Uh um, and so I get it. You, you do get a thrill with knowing that mm-hmm. you are a part of a community of people who are watching this. Similar to remember, I don't know when Roots came out. Now this happened um, quite unexpectedly, I think, for everybody. Mm-hmm. But um, when Roots came out, and everybody watched those three, you know, nights, and then you know you go back to school. The next day, and you're looking at everybody differently, because <laughs> so, you know everybody is, has has is experiencing the same thing at the same time. So yeah, right. yeah that, it, it is it is a thrill, and yeah, we do kind of miss that because and and also that's one of the reasons uh, for the um, as they call it, with the yellow media, the yellow um, you know reports that are coming out. Now, you want to be the very first person. And I'm actually, I have even witnessed, like, on watching YouTube videos of people I follow on YouTube, 
And then I just see like a whole bunch of comments right in the beginning saying, I'm first, I'm the first one, hey, I'm the second one, I beat you. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Like, Did anybody watch the video yet? So mm. it's just funny, you know. So, yeah, it's still out there, but it's it's a little different than the way we but you know experienced that, it. To me, it was I more think, organic back then, but, yeah. I think that that's probably one of the reasons why the movie theaters are going to be soon extinct, you know, because how, when was the last time any of you, you know, you guys went to the movie, the movies? I've been within the last couple of weeks. Yeah, okay. I well, wanted to see you get out. That was my last one. Okay, so when you go to the movies, is it the same? Now, since we're talking about making the comparison when we're growing up, right? And the movies are more sensational now, right? But yeah. it's different now when you go to the theaters than when we were younger. Well, it is definitely different. And for me, I love movies. I'm a movie buff, so I love going to the movies and seeing the movies. But the difference for me now than it was when I was younger is that I only, if I'm going to see a movie now, it is a damn good movie. It's something I really, really, really want to watch. Otherwise, yeah, I'll, just, eh, just I'll just wait for HBO. I'll wait for Netflix or, you know, I'll wait for a bootleg. But, I, <laughs> but if I really want to see it, yeah, it's a damn good movie that I really, really want to see. <laughs> so, right, and the point the that difference. I'm making is that because it's all based today, it's all based on the movie has to be what's going to hold the majority of the entertainment. Well, part of when when I was growing up, going to the movies, it was almost like having a, being in a huge living room, and it was like a, just a bunch of people watching this thing at the same time, and everybody was just excited to be there. There was interaction; people, you know, reacted, you know, uh, laughed. Do you guys remember that, or am I the only one that remembered that experience? No, no, I I love the movies, yeah. Right. It was an experience to go to the movies back then. Now, you know, it's it's the same kind of mentality. People kind of go be entertained in their bubble and then go home. Okay, it's not an experience anymore. That's one of the reasons why, you know, yeah, I agree with you, Crystal. I, I, I do the same thing. That movie better be really good. Otherwise, I'm not making. I'm not gonna make all this this drama to get. I'm not there, paying all the know? money for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> when I can friggin' watch it for a few bucks, and um, <laughs> also our TVs are bigger, and you know Around, some people, yeah. not me, but some people actually have movie theaters in their home, or you know dens where they have really large screens so they can watch the yeah. movie. But to Again, me, there is something I, about I getting up, going to the movie theater, getting the popcorn, and sitting in there with other people that, to me, is, is more organic and it's just amazing. But, again, it is, you know, definitely I judge it differently than I used to mm-hmm. and on what type of movie it is. It better be a movie that looks better on the screen because I have walked out and gone, well, I could have saw that at home, you know. Eh, And even now I look at certain movies, I'm like, why are they taking this to the movie theater? This is like a lifetime movie. You know, I can watch this at home on TV. So, yeah, it is. The movie better be better than the trailer. I hate the ones where the trailer is the whole movie. It's like, oh, no. 
Yeah, that's why I try to avoid trailers. And um, <laughs> but I also what? I also you gotta see the trailer. I I you know, I will turn away from a trailer yeah. like. I watched Jurassic Jurassic World's trailer and I felt like I had seen uh-huh. the movie. Um, well, the, well, that's what I'm saying. So, well, okay, I see what you're saying. You will avoid it, so at least you'll see the movie <laughs> when you go yeah, see it, the it, movie and not feel yeah, like it, you it, already it, saw it. <laughs> most of them give out too much information. Uh, the, yeah. the less <laughs> I know about a movie, the better. But um, as I, I hate theaters now because like I don't like going opening night because I hate dealing with people on cell phones and people talking to the screen. So I like to go when there's no one there. Um, mm-hmm. But then that also means you have to be careful on social media. Uh, I remember, what was the Denzel movie where he flew the airplane? What was that called? Flight. Okay, yeah. I remember yeah, the, night that, the night that came out, someone got on mm-hmm. Facebook and posted the entire plot. And it had oh, no. people so oh, upset. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, you don't have to read all of it, but sometimes when you start reading things, you don't realize what you're reading until it's too late. And, um, you know, opening night, she posted in t- the, the the main plot, you know. Because she wanted to be the seen, first one. You know, and, and so it's like you, you run into that as far as having to avoid certain things. And it's like it's just a lot more difficult to just go out and enjoy yourself than it used to be. You have to do so much planning and there's so much strategy involved. And like, if I miss a, if I miss an episode of something now, I can't be on Facebook for 24 hours until I get home the next day and watch it without someone telling me, you know, what happened, you know, right. There's a show that I watch that I, I'm an episode or two behind on and I already know someone was shot because of Facebook and I accidentally stumbled across it. So, you know, so you don't always get the enjoyment after the fact. And I mean, it just kind of, you have to take it for what it's worth. There's really not anything you can do about it. But uh, anyway, let me go ahead and wrap up this show. Uh, I appreciate both of you coming on last week. We had a show talking about why men won't commit and um, no women called in. And now I get a show with, with, with women and no guys. (laughs) It's it's, wow. it's crazy. I miss I was, you. Sorry. I was really reaching out for when, like, you know, here's your chance. Talk about guys. Well, and, if it was, if it was, why men won't commit? Why we wouldn't know why they don't commit. Well, I mean, well, based based on the questions I was asking, though, I mean, you know, I I always try to ask things from perspectives of, you know, to give women something to talk about or give their input. So, you know, the show is all about opinions, so you don't have to know. You just have to have an opinion. All right, well, what, what, did you have, did you, I, didn't, I didn't catch the show. Did you have some men that gave some opinions as to oh, why? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was men. Okay, we got it. it. Well, that's men. good. That's perfect. So, <laughs> yeah, but I do appreciate you ladies taking the time to join tonight's show. So, um, and well, at least don't be a stranger. I always appreciate your contributions in the T2Q group. And, uh, you know, so be sure to stop in anytime. Uh, let's see. Go to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Go to talk to sign up for my email newsletter. So you'll know what show is coming out when and what we're discussing. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. 
Uh, don't have a topic for that show yet, but we'll get to that soon. Um, just like, like I said, if you follow TalkToQ.com and follow my newsletter, then you'll get updates on what the show will be about. And like I said, on Thursday, you can check me out with what he said versus what she said. Just hit me up on Facebook under Thank Q, and I can give you the details on that. I've always sh- already shared it in the T2Q group, a private group for those of you who may or may not be in it. You can ask to join. But everyone have a great week. Peace out. Talk to you next week, 9 p.m. Eastern. Hey, what up, Q? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?